I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, I'll tell you why I'm more excited about this weekend's return of Fear the Walking Dead than the original recipe's season finale. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. Lost in Space is back again. We'll take a look at the new Netflix show and a couple of other things launching this week. Plus, we'll take you to a home video haunted house like you've never seen before. First, it's the news from the couch. My name is Mike. I'm going to be your driving instructor. Welcome to our country, okay? Uh, my name is Borat. Okay, okay, good, good. <laughs> well, I'm not used to that, but that's fine. You use two hands now. What? Two hands. <laughs> but then it looked like I am holding a... I don't care what it looks like. You use two hands when you drive, okay? Okay. You want to have a drink? You can't drink that while you're driving. It's against, Why not? It's against the law. What? Borat star Sasha Baron Cohen is lined up to play another international character, but this time it'll be a dramatic character, not a master of comedy like old Borat. What is a not jokes? A not joke is when we're trying to make fun of something, and what we do is we make a statement that we pretend is true, but at the end we say not, which means it's not true. So teach me how to make one. All right, so a not joke was, I would say, that suit is black. Not. Uh, this suit is not black. No, no, not has to be the end. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sasha Baron Cohen will play a real-life Israeli spy based in Syria. Eli Cohen, who was apparently for, uh, responsible for a lot of the big moves in the 60s that led to the Middle East we know today. So not only is it serious, it would seem to be super serious. It'll be a six-episode run on Netflix, created by a guy who knows a thing or two about international intrigue. His name is Gideon Raff, and he created the series Prisoners of War, on which Homeland is based. Sadly, it does not look like there will be any room for Borat in this one. This suit is black nut. This suit is black. Pause. You know what a pause is? Yes. This suit is black. Not. This suit is black. Pause. Not. You don't say pause. This suit is black. That's a pause. Not. This suit is black. Okay. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not Not. Quite... <laughs> Why do this? Because the house always wins. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. Been practicing this speech, haven't A little bit. Did I rush it? Felt like I rushed it. That was good. I liked it. That's a clip from Ocean's Eleven. It's been 17 years since that movie launched. Great movie. A heist comedy with a stellar cast, including George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts, Matt Damon, Bernie Mac, Don Cheadle, Elliot Gould, Andy Garcia, Casey Affleck, Scott Kahn, and Carl Reiner. There was a sequel in 2004, Ocean's 12, and a threequel in 2007, Ocean's 13. Now there's a reboot coming, or a spin-off, or whatever. That first Ocean's 11, by the way, was itself a remake of a movie from 1960 starring the Rat Pack. Now we've got a sort of reboot, sort of sequel spin-off to the 2001 version of Ocean's 11, and this week a new trailer was released for Ocean's 8. Do you know this one? No. Debbie Ocean, convicted felon. Her brother, Danny Ocean, more convicted felon. She was present on the night of the incident. Ooh. So? It would seem Anne Hathaway plays a real dummy. The hook here is this time all of the heisters are women. So you want to hit a jewelry store? Not exactly. A diamond mine. Yes, that's exactly right. Or what? The Met. 
Lakes, and that will be hosting its annual ball. And we are going to rob it. Sandra Bullock plays Debbie Ocean. She recruits a star-studded cast of bandits, including Kate Blanchett, Mindy Kaling, Helena Bonham Carter, Sarah Paulson, and Rihanna, who had this wonderful piece of acting in the critically acclaimed masterpiece, Battleship. Boom. Hathaway plays a celebrity who will be at the Met when they rob it, and specifically, they're planning to rob an expensive diamond necklace from her neck. $16.5 million in each of your bank accounts five weeks from now. That's a lot. They've got every inch of this place covered. This is the most sophisticated security in the world. James Corden plays an insurance investigator. There will be cameos from the likes of Katie Holmes, Kim Kardashian, Kendall Jenner, and Matt Damon, presumably reprising his role of Linus Caldwell. I'm a huge fan of Ocean's 11. Ocean's 12 and 13, not so much. But I am excited for Ocean's 8. It opens June 8. How long did it take you to figure all this out? Five years, eight months, and 12 days. Why do you need to do this? Because it's what I'm good at. In the lands of Middle-earth, legend tells of the Dark Lord Sauron and the ring that would give him the power to enslave the world. Lost for centuries, it has been sought by many and has now found its way into the hands of the most unlikely person imaginable. Lord of the Rings author J.R.R. Tolkien has been dead for 45 years, but he's still getting new books published. I think what happened was the Tolkien file was closed tight for years and years and years until Peter Jackson's trilogy hit and everyone realized there was a lot of good stuff to mine out of it and could bring in some big bucks. There was, of course, that original trilogy which debuted nearly 17 years ago. A day may come when the courage of men fails, but it is not this day! This day we fight! Those three movies blew our collective minds and were followed by a pretty good but less mind-blowing Hobbit trilogy. Mr. Bilbo, where are you off to? I'm going on an adventure! Which was a little overstuffed. Bilbo, allow me to introduce Fili, Kili, Oin, Loin, Dorlin, Balin, Biffa, Bofa, Bomba, Nori, 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 and the leader of our company, Sorin Oakenshield. So, this is the Hobbit. We've also learned in recent weeks that Amazon is spending a couple of hundred million dollars on a prequel TV show, and we eagerly await details on that. Now, more Lord of the Rings via old school media, namely a book. The Guardian reports that The Fall of Gondolin is set in the days long before Sauron was the big bad. There will be a hero on a quest, sort of against his will, like Bilbo and Frodo were. I read another paragraph describing the plot that I didn't understand at all, but the important bit seemed to be that the big bad guy will be Morgoth. He, or it, was apparently in the Cimmerillion, which a lot of people started reading, but didn't finish because it was too dense. I am one of them. I did finish reading it, oh. and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Did it make sense in the end? Uh, I don't remember. It was so boring. <laughs> the Fall of Gondolin is edited by Tolkien's son, and I would think at this point, because of guys like Brett, he would know the density level that will get people to keep reading and leave it at that. This will actually be the third Tolkien book of recent years. Last year, there was a romance novel, Baron and Luthien, and in 2015, there was the story of Calervo. The Fall of Gondolin will be published by HarperCollins in August.
Charlize Theron is set to do something she's never done before. A sequel. Lorraine Broughton. An expert in escape and evasion. Provisioned in intelligence collection. Let's go to crap, shall we? And hand-to-hand combat. Yes, Charlize Theron has been a part of sequels before. She's had big roles in big franchises like Mad Max Fury Road, where she played Furiosa. Wanna get through this? Let's go! She was Miss Vickers in the alien prequel Prometheus. Oh my god. I will find the court and make sure I'm in And she was the villain in last year's The Fate of the Furious. Be who you are. Why live only a quarter mile at a time when you can live your whole life that way? That's the music that uh, Jeff Braun walks into a room with. Kind of like a wrestler. Absolutely, or a baseball player. Yeah. Going to the plate. Woo! Now for the first time, Charlie Theron's going to play the same character for a second time when she reprises her role as the Atomic Blonde. It's an impressive set of skills. Talents can be overrated. Lorraine, how well do you know James Gascoigne? Enough to say hello. He's dead. Atomic Blonde debuted last July, featuring Theron as a spy who is really good at beating people up. She was great in the role, did most of her own stunts, and the movie had a really stylish look. Unfortunately, the story was ho-hum, and as a result, the movie underwhelmed at the box office. 51.6 million domestic, 95.7 million worldwide total. I mean, hey, that's not bad, but it's not great. I still hoped to see more of this character, though, because there's real potential here. Theron has such a commanding screen presence. She's a great actor, solid with the action stuff. Just give her a story to work with and it'll be gold. She confirmed this week they're working on a sequel. No word though on when we might see it. I think I f- love you. That's too bad. She's a killer queen. Hi, uh, my name is Liz Lemon and I received flowers from your shop tonight and I can't tell who they're from. No, no, I did read the card, but it's not signed. No, I'm not with so many men that it's impossible for me to guess. You can add 30 Rock to the list of old sitcoms that may be revived. Woo! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Suck it, nerds! Suck it, nerds, indeed. Jane Krakowski, who played the insanely vain Jenna on 30 Rock, told The Hollywood Reporter this week, quote, There's definitely been talk and conversations about a revival. I want to go to there. Last summer, the big boss at NBC intimated he'd be on board with it, and with the success of Will and & Grace and Roseanne, I can't imagine he's changed his mind. Plus, 30 Rock creators Tina Fey and Robert Carlock have been pretty successful with their terrific Netflix show, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. This is a year-round Christmas store? You must be the happiest woman on Earth. I'm a man. That's great. Anyway, here's my resume. Kimmy will be back with new episodes in May, by the way. As for 30 Rock, why not? Alec Baldwin isn't really doing anything else except Saturday Night Live appearances, which tend to be live on Saturday nights and probably wouldn't interfere with making 30 Rock. And even though it was never really a huge hit, I bet NBC would still throw a lot of money at all of them to come back.
We demand that you give us back our overtime. We went over this yesterday, Kenneth. There's no money. Sir, I accidentally saw your paycheck. Well, I hope it was inspirational. All those zeros, that's downright un-American. That's where you're wrong, Kenneth. It's extremely American. My talents are more valuable than yours, so I'm paid accordingly, therefore I'm entitled to my bonus. That's a bonus check? <laughs> so, nothing official at this point, but at this point, nothing would surprise me. Last call. Make it a double. I did the office. A lot of booze, such a small woman. I don't get asked on a lot of second dates. Seems the theme of my stories this week is strong women, because here's another one involving one of the strongest women on Netflix, Marvel's Jessica Jones. The show has been renewed for a third season. Kristen Ritter plays Jones, a private eye alcoholic who deals with PTSD. She happens to have superpowers that make her super strong, and she can jump really high, and she mostly hates it, and is angry all the time, and mostly drunk. A big part of the job is looking for the worst in people. Turns out I excel at that. You a PI? I'm just trying to make a living. You know, booze costs money. Usually. The first season debuted in the fall of 2015 and won a prestigious Peabody Award for its portrayal of a complex woman trying to reclaim her identity after an unimaginable trauma. And it's just a cool show. The second season debuted this past March 8th on International Women's Day. I am currently making my way through it. And now we can look forward to a third season of Jessica Jones. I don't know how you handle this. It's called whiskey. That is the news from the couch. Up next, we'll tell you about a real-life haunted mansion that is making its way to home video. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. Time now to look at what is coming to home video, starting with Winchester. I can feel it. In the air. In the walls. This spirit has a power we've not seen before. It has found us. So, uh, since you've been uh, watching scary movies and stuff Ooh. lately, are you going to watch Winchester? Nope. I don't think so. <laughs> I gotta. There's got to be uh, some quality control here, Brett. I mean, that's, that's, uh, this one seems, it just seems like the whole point of it is to be creepy. Yeah. And this is based on a real house. It's the Winchester, it's now known as the Winchester Mystery House. It's a mansion in San Jose. And it was, I'm just reading straight from Wikipedia here, was once the personal residence of Sarah Winchester, who is the widow of firearm magnate William Wirt Winchester. And the deal is that it's just, it, it was built for just nonstop over like a decade. And uh, it's got staircases that lead to nowhere, doors that lead to nowhere. The, and it in the movie, it's portrayed as a prison. Yeah. It's meant to imprison Trap all souls. of the ghosts yeah, okay. that are trying to haunt her and perhaps exact their revenge. Maybe victims of the Winchester guns. I don't know. <laughs> it looked cool. Helen yeah. Mirren is in it. Jason yeah. Clark is in it. But got terrible reviews. Really? Well, it looked like it had a lot of CG, and I find scary movies that use that rely on CG never work because it's not scary. Yeah, it looks too fake, so you're not scared by it. I get it. That yeah. makes sense. Takes you right out of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it was enough for a while for me. Still, I'm, <laughs> I'm already irritating enough that I'm going to have to go see the sequel to it. Yeah. Because I saw the first one and just uh, I want to know how it ends. You were talking about maybe going to see a Quiet Place. Yeah, I talked my way out of that one. I don't think <laughs> it has to happen. 
Good for you. That one looks <laughs> genuinely scary. It really does. I also saw somebody made a comment on the, the social medias that said, you want to know what's really scary? Trying to eat popcorn in a theater where you can hear a pin drop because most of the movie's quiet. Yeah, no kidding. And you get all self-conscious about making noise and stuff like that. Yeah, when I I always use those flavor shakers, so I'd, it'd be hard to find a spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also coming to home video this week, Blu-ray DVD on demand. We have The Post. Yeah, the Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep joint about the Washington Post and the Pentagon Papers back in the 70s. Good movie. Uh, was up for a bunch of Oscars, didn't win any. I don't know that I'd pay full price for the DVD. I would buy it once it's a $5 bargain bin kind of thing. And it was a good movie. The Commuter is also coming out, and that one stars Liam Neeson and Vera Farmiga. Chicken butt on a train. Up next on the Couch Potatoes, I will tell you why. Fear the Walking Dead is better than the Walking Dead. Oh. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. Something weird happened to me this week as it pertains to a couple of shows that I watch. I will explain that in a moment. It was an epiphany that has to do with what's coming this Sunday night. It's a zombie inferno on AMC. We are cleaning house today, Rick. April 15th on AMC. We are worse than we were. The night you've been waiting for. It's time. The war ends. Morgan's crossover to Fear the Walking Dead begins. I know living here is going to take a while to get used to. This world, well, I don't know. The Walking Dead season finale, Fear the Walking Dead season premiere, back to back. Survival Sunday, April 15th, only on AMC. So it's the season eight finale of The Walking Dead, season four debut of its spinoff show, Fear the Walking Dead. The second half of Fear the Walking Dead, season three of Fear, has been sitting on my PVR since the fall. I'm not sure why it's taken me this long to get around to it, because I really enjoyed the first half of Season 3. So with the April 15th deadline looming, I finally plowed through it this week, and I came to the realization that I now prefer Fear the Walking Dead to its original, which I find shocking, because I kind of didn't like Fear the Walking Dead when it started. I talked to a couple of my friends about this, friends who also enjoy The Walking Dead, and they think I'm an idiot for choosing Fear over the original recipe. One of them, in fact, said, you're dead to me. So I replied, oh yeah, well, you're the Walking Dead to me, because The Walking Dead sucks. Okay, that's an exaggeration. It doesn't suck. I still enjoy it. I still watch it every week. But more often than not, I am left disappointed by it. Just a few years ago, for example, I ranked it in my top 10 shows of the year. It was the second half of season four that really did it for me. For me, The Walking Dead had become one of the great dramas on TV, telling excellent character-driven stories mixed with the solid action that we have come to know and love from the show. That's just not the case anymore. Now it's kind of a bloated mess, which is stuck between trying to please its built-in audience from the source material, the comic books, but also pleasing the television audience. One of the main examples of that is the big bad guy, the leader of the saviors, Negan, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I enjoy his performance, but some of his dialogue is just idiotic. For example... I hope you got your pants on. What? Your pants. I hope you're wearing them right now. You are about to shit your pants. Okay, I admit, that's kind of funny. But he's supposed to be menacing. 
So seeing juvenile stuff like that just ruins it for me. There were other scenes this season too where we actually saw some depth to his character, where he started to reveal a little bit about his past. But while he's trying to be serious and show a different side, he says more dumb things like that. So it just takes me right out of the moment. Season 7 was a tough season to watch. Episode after episode, we watched the Saviors just beat down our heroes. Simply put, it was not fun to watch. Remember, this is a show about zombies. Yeah, it's a dark show, a post-apocalyptic show, but it's about zombies. Shouldn't that be kind of fun? Season 7 was just punishing to watch, but it did end on a hopeful note. And it led to a huge storyline from the comics called All Out War. And that's what has played out in the eighth season. Everyone involved in the show promised a wild fun ride for season eight. It has had its moments, but it's mostly been a slow drag. Especially the episode where one of the main characters died to begin the second half of season eight. It took the whole episode for him to die. He just kept giving speech after speech after speech. It was annoying. I felt like Elaine watching the English, pac- the English patient just die already. Die! What has taken two seasons to resolve, i.e. the conflict with the saviors, should really only have taken one season. They could have told the whole savior storyline in one season, but they dragged it out over 32 episodes, and I'm just tired of it. Thankfully, the people involved with the show say the story will end, and they're not just looking at it as the end of this particular story, but as an end of sorts to all of the storylines, with Season 9 serving as a new beginning, a new phase for The Walking Dead. That little tidbit just came out this week, so I am intrigued by that. Here are a couple of other complaints that I have with The Walking Dead. It generally looks the same. Lonely roads lined by trees with leaves scattered about. Everyone always looks sweaty and filthy. Yeah, they have some different settings. There's a garbage dump, for example, which is neat. But it all just feels and looks so tired. The characters that we've all come to like and respect have been really making stupid decisions the last couple of seasons, and they just look like idiots. Another thing to consider, one of the main characters, Maggie, has been pregnant since season six, and she still isn't showing, which means maybe, what, three months have passed? That's insane and stupid. Just get on with it. The show also takes itself way too seriously. It believes it is one of the best shows on TV. It's not. Finally, I'm just bored with it. But I will watch it because I need to see it through. And as mentioned, I am intrigued by this new phase that they're looking at for Season 9. And I am genuinely curious to see how the all-out war comes to an end. Let's move to Fear the Walking Dead. I ran. My wife. My son. My friends. That's who I lost. Before I lost myself. I'm tired of running. I've lost loved ones, too. In this world, you will be torn apart by teeth or bullets. Some people can be cruel. They're gonna take, and they'll kill. I learned to accept what I was. The killer. Everything I saw was red. I did a lot worse when I was out there. We all did. But we can stop that. We can start over. In this world, we're always on our own. 
Season 4 of Fear the Walking Dead, as mentioned, starts on Sunday. By the way, if you're just tuning in, Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. And I am explaining why I have now decided I like Fear the Walking Dead better than The Walking Dead, the original series. So the premise of Fear the Walking Dead when it started is that it would be set at the onset of the zombie apocalypse. The, the, the original show started after the apocalypse began and was set in Georgia. Fear the Walking Dead starts in Los Angeles with brand new characters. It's not based on the comics. It's a new story written entirely for television. So I was excited about that. And to an extent, it was pretty neat to see how it played out. The panic and confusion in particular. Because in The Walking Dead, everyone knows what's going on. People die, they come back to life, and they try to eat your face. In Fear... People had no clue what was happening. I mean, someone staggers up to you, you think that they're either drunk or maybe they're sick and they need your help. You don't expect them to take a bite out of your cheek. So the problem with fear, though, is that the characters were boring and unlikable. I stuck with it, though, because I like zombies. Season two did get a little bit better, but... By the time the second half rolled around, I kind of thought about quitting. And a similar situation, it sat on my PVR for a while, but a friend told me, no, no, stick with it, it gets better. And indeed it did, and the characters got more interesting too. The first half of season three was pretty solid, and the second half, which again, sat on my PVR for months, until this past week, was really, really good. Here's what I've come to like about Fear. It has many different settings. It started in Los Angeles. Season two started in the ocean. They were on a yacht. Then they went to Mexico and then Texas. And there was some really big, sweeping camera work, just beautiful cinematography, which is contrasted by the barren desert landscape. So we get these big, beautiful shots of really hopeless land. Uh, so it, it, it just... I applaud the camera work. And when you contrast that to The Walking Dead, which is kind of boring in, an, in its appearance, fear is refreshing. The characters, which were at first boring, have revealed many layers of moral ambiguity. The characters in the original show are all kind of righteous, but the ones on fear toe the line between good and bad. It's also actually kind of scary at times. There were some scenes in the second half of season three that had me so stressed out by the tension and suspense that I could barely breathe. And it's gotten more creative with its zombies. There is a zombie horde attack that puts everything we've seen in the original show to shame. And because it's not bound to any source material, it can do whatever it wants. It can just try to be a good TV show. The Walking Dead has to try to please fans of the show and fans of the comics, so that, I imagine, is a pain. I think The Walking Dead just became a little too big, too successful. It was one of the biggest shows on TV for a while, and when you have an audience that big, you have to try to please everyone, and sometimes with that mentality, you end up pleasing no one. It wants to be this big, complex, challenging drama, but it also wants to be a popcorn action thriller. And it also wants to be gross and gory, bordering sometimes on hilariously gory. It's just too many tones. You got to pick one and own it. Fear, on the other hand, now seems to know what it is. And the best part, the best character from The Walking Dead, Morgan Jones, played by Lenny James, is joining the cast of Fear the Walking Dead, which means there will be a time jump, so Fear is now caught up to the Walking Dead. 
So Survival Sunday, I am excited to see what happens, and I'm actually excited about the possibility of future crossovers. Up next, Jeff is going on a quest for the Holy Grail, and he'll get lost in space. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and a new series plops on Netflix this weekend. Well, it's not really new, but it's a new version of Lost in Space. We're lost. No kidding. Just like the old sci-fi show from the 60s and the crappy movie starring Joey from Friends in the 90s, this new series follows the Robinson family. This is Will Robinson of the 24th Colonist Group. I'm the first human to discover evidence of an alien intelligence. They were part of a mission to establish a new colony in space, but get lost and crash on some planet they've never heard from or heard of. And adventure ensues. They're also not alone. The boy finds that robot. Parker Posey shows up. God knows what else will. Early word is that it looks terrific and has a lot of heart. There is a rule that's written in stone. Any hope of saving your family, you will help me. You'll get our kids. And get them off this planet. Of course, with Netflix shows where we don't even get numbers to judge whether or not something's a hit, it's the buzz that'll tell the tale of this. Some shows you hear about, and at this point, they have more than enough of their own programming that there are plenty of shows that you don't hear about. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Lost in Space. I read a thing late last year that allegedly came from a Netflix insider who said Narcos was their most watched show by a huge margin. I think we would all would have assumed that it was Stranger Things, no? Or maybe even House of Cards up until the Spacey thing. Could all be BS. Yes, who knows, it's weird that they don't release numbers, but I guess they're not really looking for advertisers, so it doesn't really matter. Frankly, the $11 a month is worth it just for the old movies, Brad. I mean, I watched the Colin Farrell, Jamie Foxx, Miami Vice movie last weekend on Netflix, and I loved it. That would have been worth 5 bucks in blockbuster rental fees right there. I watched that. I went to remember going to the screening for that, Yeah, one where people win passes and stuff to yeah, go yep. see it. I hated it. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd been to one of those where people, not en masse, but a lot of people got up and walked out about a half hour in. Because it's nothing like the TV show, aside from the names and the title. Yeah. That's it. And that they're cops. Like, he would have done himself, Michael Mann, a world of betterness if he would have just gave it a different title. Yeah. I think that's what people felt ripped off by yeah. the fact that they, oh, they're, so they're just calling it Miami Vice just to try to <laughs> try to link it to something from the past? I to know. be fair, Michael Mann created the TV show Miami Vice, so like, oh. he owned the property or whatever, blah, blah, blah. He came by it honestly in that regard. He just didn't, he just, it totally changed the tone of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> And I would be curious to see it again because yeah. it had, when did that come out? Like 2006, I think. And it yeah. had these uh, funky digital cameras that could shoot in the dark without 
having to add lighting or whatever. So it's got a cool look like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll Anyways. give it a try another time, maybe. There's Miami Vice. Um, also on Netflix, if you like Monty Python, this is your week. I command you, as King of the Britons, to stand aside. I move for no man. So be it. <laughs> Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. Well, what's that then? I've heard worse. You liar. Come on, you pansy. Look! Just a flesh wound. As of this Sunday, the 15th, dang near everything that Monty Python has ever put on film will be available on Netflix. The movies, Life of Brian and the Holy Grail, heard there. The sketch show, The Flying Circus, all of it. A bunch of live shows like Monty Python at the Hollywood Bowl and some documentaries, including that amazing six-hour doc from a few years ago. Pretty good pile of stuff. I mean, I have most of it on DVD already, but still, it's cool. Uh, one thing oddly missing, I didn't see the meaning of life on the list. That might have been an oversight by whomever made the list that gets sent to the media, so we'll see. Regardless, dozens of hours of Monty Python stuff there, and I think we could all use a good laugh right about now, so have at it. Well, that is pretty cool for yeah. those, because Monty Python, for so many people, is life. The meaning really, of life is Monty Python. Absolutely. For That's, a lot of people, yeah. especially engineers, engineering students, for whatever reason, <laughs> really like Monty Python. Uh, I took engineering. I love it a lot. I saw John Cleese in concert recently. Two of the other people in the audience were involved in uh, engineering here at the radio station. <laughs> <laughs> True story. That is all the time we've got. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Subscribe to the podcast on Google Play and on iTunes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.